Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hey, friends. Hey, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am your host, Lisa Woolfork. And as I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode, I am talking with the person who designed the dress pattern that I am currently wearing. How often does that happen? That's right. You might not have ever talked to her in person before, but I do this all the time. When I'm now going into Joanne's, I say, oh, look, I saw the kid Joanne. Look at my friends. Yes, the know me patterns. Absolutely, yes. And so I am speaking with Beauty Jador, none other than Nikki Brooks. Welcome, Nikki, to the Stitch Please podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I am so glad that you are here because I love your style. Thank you. I love the drama. I love how you make every day an occasion. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's like, you know, people say, you know, well, why are you getting so dressed up? And it's like, why wouldn't I? Right, right. I'm just going to check the mail. It's okay. Yeah, I know I'm exactly. fully dressed. I'm going to Target. Where are you going? It is so funny. When I get on the elevator to go anywhere with them, I live on the 21st floor. So when I get on the elevator, everyone's always like, where are you going? Oh, you're going out? Like, no, we're going to get coffee. We're just walking around the corner. <laughs> I'm just being black and fabulous. How are you? Right. <laughs> How are you doing today? Girl, I'm black and fabulous. How are you? <laughs> I mean, it does seem like the way that you create and design your garments seem an occasion for celebration, that the work themselves, they are so striking to the eye and they really do a wonderful job, I think, of helping those of us who make them feel mm-hmm. like we are affirming. It doesn't make us special. It is affirming that we are special. And so welcome, Nikki Brooks. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. So I want to get started to hear more about your sewing story. What got you started? You know, it's so funny even when I tell the story because I didn't have like these lofty dreams of being a designer or sewing or making clothes ever um, like growing up. In fact, I remember in like maybe the fourth grade, I had like a home ec. So that just tells you how little that was. I have a home ec class and I made a shirt. Well, I attempted to make a shirt, but it was horrible and I was just like, I don't like to sew. Like, this isn't my thing. Did you make a Gordon Cottrell? It was a Gordon Cottrell, yes. <laughs> you made a Gordon Cottrell in fourth grade. You know what? Can we be honest? Most fourth graders would be making Gordon Cottrells, real talk. Like, that's very ambitious to give a fourth grader, say, let's make a shirt. Yeah, but I don't know, though. You've seen those fourth graders, but this day and age, they're different. I just saw a little girl last night. I was like, what? They're very oh, yes. different. I would love to get her on the podcast. I think it's hard to get in touch with some of these celebrity designers in general, including yourself. It can be hard to get in touch with celebrity designers. Oh, please. And (laughs) she is blowing and she is absolutely blowing up and she loves it. She would have slayed in the home ec class. She would have been teaching the home ec class. Exactly. You and I were just regular, regular fourth graders, you know, I'm still figuring out fractions, not being able to sew very well yet. Most people take their home ec losses and they're like, you know what? Screw that. I'm not doing that anymore. I hate it. It was terrible. But you did not do well in fourth grade home ec. And yet here come the early 2000s and you're trying again. How did that come about? So 2011, 
my mom passed away suddenly. Like I worked, I was a general manager at an energy company. So I've always been employed. I've been in sales and it's always been the corporate environment. My mom passed away kind of suddenly. And I remember at that time, thank you. I quit my job. I was like, you know what? Life is passing me by. I don't know what I want to do, but I know this is not what I want to do anymore. And I quit my job. I started a blog. The blog consisted of like nothing but business suits. I was like, okay, this is boring. No one wants to watch this. <laughs> and I didn't even look at like blogs really. So I didn't even really know how to navigate the whole thing. I wasn't looking at YouTube. It wasn't a thing. And I saw the Mimi G maxi skirt. Y'all remember that maxi skirt? It was the one with the pockets, right? And I was like, I have a sewing machine. A lot of people got introduced to sewing through that. So you were one of them. Yeah, I was one of them. Yeah. And I didn't sew at all. I had a sewing machine that had had for years that was just like stuck in a closet. And I remember going to Joanne's getting some fabric and it was this pink fuchsia, just super bright, crazy looking fabric. And I made the skirt and it was super easy to do. And I was like, oh, I like this. But then there were just some different things that I wanted to do different with the skirt. And I ended up doing that. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this a lot. And I wore it to the mall. And this was 2012 at the time. I wore it to the mall. Everyone was like, that's such a cute skirt. I was like, I made it. I made it. Right. (gasps) And so I was like, I want to make some clothes. And I ended up getting some more fabric and I just started sewing. And then I was like, okay, I'm kind of good at it. And then I started making patterns and adjusting patterns. And it just came very natural to me. And I was like, okay, this is kind of something. This is something for me. Yeah, that's where it started. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. And now we're bringing it to you in a new way. The Stitch is a newsletter from Black Women's Stitch, and I am delighted to tell you about it. What do you get when you sign up for the Black Women's Stitch newsletter? You get to hear what's happening with Black Women's Stitch in the Stitch Please podcast. Events that we've had, events that are coming up, contests for prizes, live shows, social media meetups, IRL meetups, episodes of the podcast that you might have missed, as well as opportunities to learn and sew in community with other Black makers across the country and across the world. You'll learn also about some actual stitches. We will help you get your stitch together with continuing education for your sewing life. Oh my goodness, y'all, I am so excited for this newsletter. It's always things I want to tell you, you know, but how? Well, now we have the stitch. Sign up using the link in the show notes or on our website. We look forward to helping you get your stitch together soon. It's such a beautiful flourishing for you to shift from a corporate environment where I'm sure you had decades of study and labor that went into creating your success in your corporate role. One of the things that corporations do for people is to provide them a place. Like, you know, you're going to be here in this unit that reports to this so-and-so. So that's a lot of structure. To pivot from that to, I'm going to start a blog and I want to fully live my whole life. You know, that's a huge shift. 
Yeah. What was required, you think, in order for you to make that transition? Was it processing the grief or had you already been considering making a change or was it just like an epiphany, as you say, just kind of hit you that you want to do something different? Do you remember that phase of that process? I do, because I never considered it before. I mean, I made the money and so I had no intention on ever leaving at all. And it literally, when she passed away, she lived in Nebraska. There was so much regret because I was just like, man, I didn't go back to see her as much. We talked every single day because I was always in work mode. I didn't take the time. And I just thought, man, life is passing me by. Yes, I'm making really good money, but I'm not enjoying it because I am just working for someone else. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I was like, oh, right. I had really started liking looking at fashion on social media. And, yes. you know, that's kind of where it happened. So it was nothing that I had mulled over for some time. January, I quit my job, January 2012. And I started, I think I made my skirt in May of 2012. This is such a beautiful testimony to what it means to take a step of faith. Yeah, absolutely. To kind of step out just to see and just to trust yourself and trust the vision that you have to see yourself and your life differently. Yeah. It can be very difficult to do. And I want to talk a little bit about what the Mimi G skirt gave to you in terms of empowering you. And by that, I mean, of course, I had read that you were a self-trained, self-taught designer, mm -hmm. but I had thought you had been self-trained and self-teaching yourself since the fourth grade. No. I thought you were like, you know, <laughs> one of those. And then I was reading these books that I couldn't right. understand all the words because I was only 11 and I didn't know what this meant. You know, that's what I thought. I guess what it proves as well is that it's not about the time it takes. Yeah. It's about the time you give. There's no timeline that says you have to have invested in this for this many years in order. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you get past that? A friend described it for me. Preparation paralysis. I am someone who has to study, 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 study yeah. before I do anything. Before I thread my new serger, let me read the manual 80,000 times. And I'm complete opposite, though. So tell me. So you don't have that. Tell me, tell me. No. Tell me about it. Nikki gets a new machine. She's like, I'm plugging it in. I'm turning it on. And so that is me. That is me. Like these machines back here, I can promise you I have never read the manual. I'm like, OK, Mercy. if I get stuck on something, I'll go to YouTube and OK, give me the cliff notes and just let me run with it and try to figure it out. And that was the same thing with patterns. When I first started sewing, I'm just like, I hate these patterns. I was like, they're making it <laughs> to where just us regular people, we can't understand this. Give me just the clean cut, which is why when I first started sewing, yeah, just the bullet points. I first started sewing and I tell everyone this, start with vintage patterns. Vintage patterns have three pieces and you can make it happen. Yeah, those little jiffy pieces. It's just like, yeah. you want to make a dress? It's one seam, two seams yeah. for the front, one for the front, one for the back, and then put it on. And oh, still right. to this day, I do not read the instructions. I see how it's made and I'm like, OK, I'm going to do what makes sense for me, not what it says on here. And I have to kind of like pull away from that because if people are buying the patterns, they want to be able to make it just like the pattern says. They do. They do. Yeah. But I'm like, I want to give you something that's a little easier that just makes sense to your brain. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so for me, that's what made sense. And that's why I think it came easier for me, too. Yeah. Well, you trusted yourself. You trust yeah. in the same way that you trusted yourself to walk away from a job that was paying you well, but not feeding your spirit. 
You know, it was filling up your bank account, but your soul, your sense of just full life just felt like it was in a deficit. And it's like, yeah. mm. no, like we say, all money ain't good money, you know? Facts. Yeah. <laughs> and so you just got to see what's going to be good for your actual life. Right. And so this is what I love about it. It's the spirit of bravery, the spirit of boldness. And that is something that requires practice. And another thing I wanted to note was that you looked at YouTube and saw Mimi G's video mm-hmm. and saw in that an invitation. Mm-hmm. You saw in that a possibility rather than just like watching it, making a skirt and moving on to the next thing. It sparked something in your own imagination about the mm-hmm. things that you could design. And so when you approach patterns, you said, oh, my gosh, this junk is ugly. I don't like it. What can I do to make it more my style? So you were able to step in and just start altering patterns as well. How did that come about? Like the need to change the pattern? Was it about the pattern piece itself or was it about the instructions of the pattern? Like what are the kind of things that you needed to improve? I would look at what do I want to make? What am I drawn to? And then I'd look at vintage patterns. I'm like, okay, I can create this from this. It just needs, you know, some altering. And that's kind of how it started. And I found it to be really easy to do. It made sense to me. As soon as I took the instruction part out and I'm just working with these three pieces of pattern, I was able to add my own pattern pieces to it and just make it just for me. I love that. I love that part of the creative process. What I appreciate about what you're saying is that is what we want to do when we sew anyway, right? Yeah. The reason we are sewing is because we want to create something that will be unique to us. And even if a million of us, and I hope a million of us are out there, y'all, go buy these (laughs) patterns. Even if a million of us buy these patterns, they will not look the same. You know what I mean? We can still make them all very different. And that's the point. Even with the patterns that I'm making with what know me, I love when someone tags me and they alter the pattern. I'm like, that's the whole point. Make it just for you. Make it your own. Make it your own little thing. And I love that. I really do. I wanted to turn now to talk a little bit about your sew-alongs because your pattern is wonderful. This is the Know Me 2016, everybody. It's ME 2016. If you are not a Patreon supporter, why aren't you? You should be because this is a really great podcast. And don't you want this to continue and be sustainable? Thanks for being a sustainer. But this pattern is so wonderful. And one of the reasons that we're talking about it now, even though it's July, is it's convertible that you offer possibility within your patterns. You are Mm -hmm. not trying to create us all as a bunch of clones. You're giving us (laughs) guidelines. You're not like, look, don't go out there and try to be a Nikki clone. All right. Y'all not out there trying to look like me. Go out there and look (laughs) like you. Right. And do it the way you want. And so this pattern, which to me does not scream blouse in any way. And yet I was looking at your sew along. So can you talk about the Kiki Vargas modification that you made and how that came about and who Kiki Vargas is, et cetera? Okay, Kiki Vargas, she's a designer and she makes these really nice dresses and tops with just crazy sleeves. And I'm a sleeve person. I love some drama to a more simple silhouette. So I don't know if it's some type of skill, but I can look at a pattern and be like, oh, okay, that pattern. My memory is absolutely trash, but I can remember all the patterns that I have. And I'm like, okay, I can look at something and say, oh, that dress pattern that is, you know, whatever. I don't remember the numbers, but I know I have it. That you can create that from that. 
you have to think completely outside the box. When I look at the covers of patterns, nine times out of 10, I never like them ever. But you have to be so able sad. to remove the fabric choice that someone else made. Look at it, turn the pattern around and look at just like the line drawing. And then you'll get a better idea of the possibilities of it. And the feeling that when you begin with a pattern, it's not meant to make it in the identical way. It's meant to be modified. I'm thinking about this sleeve. I'm wearing the sleeve right now. It's elasticized at the hem, which gives you a really nice mid-cuff, mid-bicep kind of puff for the overall sleeve. What made you decide to alter that sleeve? Wasn't that difficult in alteration? No. It's very encouraging. Your sew-alongs are very detailed. Thank you. And I thank you. Uh, I think people that are watching your sew-alongs are also grateful because you do go into such detail. Definitely. I found it also very encouraging the way that you were teaching people to modify patterns with just eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper they always would have. Maybe if they had a printer or somebody sent us some old mail or something. Yeah, yeah. The back stitch is a reinforcing stitch, sewn by hand or stitched by machine. The back stitch is a return with a purpose. On the Stitch Please podcast, our new back stitch series will recall early and or favorite episodes of the podcast. And the best news? It's hosted by you. Yes, you. Thank you, you. Do you have a favorite Stitch Please podcast episode? Let us know by leaving a voice memo on our website. Five minutes max. Let us know what episodes you love and why other people will love it too. And if we use your message on the show, you will receive an honoraria. So remember, the backstitch makes us seem stronger. Leave us a message so that your contribution can make the Stitch Please podcast that much stronger. You can find the link at the blackwomenstitch.org website or just click on it in the show notes for this episode. What is it about the process that you are able to turn complicated ideas into simple tasks? How do you do that? You know what? Even when you look at patterns and some of the terminology, you're just like, I don't know what that means. You have to look at it in a way that's very simplified because people want to make sewing this thing that's just so completely undoable for most people. Right. And you want to take that away. Right. In its simplest form, it's really just doing something that fits your personality. And if it doesn't work out, you can scrap it and move to the next one. I feel like when I have patterns that I'm working with or I'm trying to alter it, I take all the instruction because people who have gone to school for this are probably so annoyed at me, even with some of the way that I give instruction, because it's just like, no, that's not how you do it. But that's how I take the complicated part out and I make it so that it works for me. And so even with the Kika Vargas top that we recreated, it's not like a dupe. It is literally like your own interpretation of that top. And so what I did, I was like, okay, I know that we're going to need more sleeve. We're going to need even more sleeve, more crazy. And it's simply putting it on the fold and just adding 10 more extra inches. Wow. And you're thinking 10 extra inches, but that's going to give you what you need. So much. Yeah. And yes. it's just like, take the chance and alter these patterns. Use a muslin if you don't want to cut into some real fabric. Yes. Because I know I get that question all the time. Oh my God, I'm so afraid to cut into the fabric. It's like, cut into that fabric. 
It's all right. And if you don't use an old sheet that you have and mess around with it. Absolutely. And I think that's a great idea because you're inviting people to practice the same type of bravery that you practice all the time. And I think that if you keep doing it, it becomes a habit. You know, it becomes a habit. And that is a good habit to have, to be able to step outside, to go beyond, to look beyond the kind of first impression and to find a way to make it make sense for you. Yeah. I want to pivot to talk a little bit about summer sewing. What kind of looks and sewing and makes do you have for the summer months? It's hot. It's sticky. I'm just, I think, one state line away from you in Virginia. Like, it's hot. What do we do? What kind of sewing do you enjoy? What kind of looks do you create for the summer when you're using maybe a little bit less fabric? So it's funny. I know a lot of people kind of plan out their sewing for the summer and for the seasons. I don't. I don't. I'll get up and I'm just like, oh, okay. well, I feel like I want to dress or I'll buy some fabric and I'll look and the fabric speaks to me. But I don't I don't plan out what, what I wear. I wish I could or what I make. I wish I could plan it out, but I just don't because a lot of times once I get into that planning out process and then it's time to make it, it's like, oh, I'm kind of over it now. So I think about something that I'm going to make and then I make it and then move on to something else. But yeah, I don't plan it out. I like linens for the summer. I like flowy. Yeah, I'm not a big print girl, but, you know, I like light fabrics. There's certain parts of your body that you want to cover up and there's certain parts that you don't want covered up. That's right. So, yeah, the fabric speaks to me all the time. It's always the fabric. I pick the fabric first and then I figure out, okay, what am I going to do with this fabric? Yeah, I was wondering about that. Can we talk a little bit about the design process, what it means to create not just a pattern, but then you're also creating the looks for the cover? Because especially when you know that some of these things are styled horribly, the Nomi patterns, that's one of the big exceptions. It's like there are many times I look at a big five pattern and I'm like, who's wearing that? Because, right, right. <laughs> wow, they not like this person. This model must have made them very annoyed because they right. did not do her well <laughs> at all. They did her wrong, wrong. I'd love to hear more about that, to take it from the idea in your head to being an envelope that we can buy. The whole process with Nomi and how that works, that's different from like the other ones, right? Because I've been through the process with the other ones. And with that one, you go into the studio with Mama Call Patterns, you go into the studio and, you know, they shoot it. And so they style you. And so what I really love about Nomi is that we get our own pictures taken. We style it, everything ourselves, which is why it makes it a bit more relatable because these are like real clothes. And this is what I would actually wear. This is how I would style it normally. So what happens is we send in our ideas in terms of this is what we want to make. It's kind of a simple process. And I'm also not that person that I have this long list of things that I've designed and I want to turn into a pattern. If the date to have them turned in is the 15th, the 14th, I've decided what we're going to make. Because I've changed it so many times. I changed my mind a lot. It's difficult for me to commit to something right then and there. So it's like, okay, this is my idea of today. This is how I'm feeling today. This is what I like today. I'm going to hand it in tomorrow. So yeah, then we end up getting the sample pattern done and we make it and photograph it. Then we see it on the cover. 
I just love that. You can tell that there's so much care and personality in these pieces. And I think that's what makes them so popular. And Mm -hmm. it was so funny because I went in looking at the Nomi patterns and it was some people that I actually knew, you know, people Uh that I had spoken with before. I was like, oh, wait, I know him. I know her. I know her. And the lady at the Joann's was like, I wish I knew some pattern designers. And I was like, (laughs) isn't that so cool? It's called the Nomi pattern design. It's the Nomi line. And you all want people to get to know you. I mean, it really is very much a very engaging brand, a very engaging style. There's a reason that people make multiples of these patterns. I love that. I love that part of it. I love the fact that this community, we're designing for y'all. We're designing for all you guys. And even when I think about what I can make, I think about not just myself, because you do have to be kind of true to yourself with these patterns. But I also think how will other bodies look and feel in this pattern? I'm not going to make stuff that's just simply for me, because then I have my own patterns, too, you know. Right. And so with my own patterns, I kind of do things that everybody might not just absolutely love. But I am conscious to the fact that I want everybody to be able to enjoy these patterns and I want multiple bodies to be able to enjoy these patterns as well. That's right. And I think that there's something that the Nomi line has been thinking more about is the size inclusion aspect, which is something that does give it an advantage over some of the previous iterations of the big five patterns. That's definitely uh-huh. something that they definitely bring forward in ways that the other brands have yet to do as forwardly as what Nomi is doing. I hate to say that we are near the end of our time because I feel like we just got started. This has been such a beautiful conversation, Nikki. I'm so thankful to you for taking Thank the time you. to walk us through your process. And like whenever we get together for real, I'm going to bring my patterns so I can get my pattern <laughs> signed. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry. That's not my fault. You're a celebrity. You didn't want me to have you sign and you shouldn't have put your picture on the envelope. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely going to get you to sign it. Don't worry about it. But the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. Nikki Brooks of Beauty is Your Door, what advice do you have for our listeners that will help us get our stitch together? You know what? The one piece of advice that I always like to give everyone is just take a chance, make the risk, go out there and actually do it. Because people, like you said, we plan so much that we'll plan ourselves out of actually going in and jumping in and doing it. Stop all the planning and just do it. Just do it. Literally, there's so many places online that you can go in, find out if you don't know how to do a button, Google, how do you sew a button? How do you hand stitch? There are so many resources out there and I enjoy helping people. I really do. That's the one piece of advice is just do it. Just go and do it. That is wonderful advice and it's advice that has served you well and it has allowed you to create things that serve others well, like me wearing your actual dress right now. Yes. Nikki, (laughs) thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a true delight. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. 